she just like every Saturday something is made, right? So she's starting to make, yesterday was banana cakies. And they're like these little cookies that like, there's like 17 bananas in every cookie. And so it is so good. You put them in your mouth. And then when they're, you know, when cookies come out of the oven, they just taste better, right? And it's, and Saturdays in our house, we, we eat breakfast and then it's pretty much everybody for themselves until dinner. So, like, if you can make it through, great. If you can't, figure it out. But when mom's making cookies and they're coming right out of the oven, that's lunch, right? So we're, like, just Caleb and I are walking around the house just shoving cookies in our mouth. He's like, how many did you have? How many did you have? Like, we're counting them as we just shove them down our throats. They're so good. And uh, I was thinking about that, reflecting on our own journey with Jesus. And there's this passage that's in John chapter 6, and I read it um, probably three or four weeks ago. I was just spending some time with Jesus, and I read through this passage, and something stuck out to me that I had never really, I don't know, just, it, hadn't, it hadn't showed up for me before, and it's this little verse. It's found in John six sixty three, and it says, Life, and this is from the God's Word version, life is spiritual. Your physical existence doesn't contribute to that life. The words I have spoken to you are spiritual and they are life. Life is spiritual, and your physical existence doesn't contribute to that life. I haven't thought about, like, I, I was just, I was med- been meditating on that verse for a while now, of like, what does, what did Jesus really mean? Like, what are the things in life that I'm going after, that I'm hungry for, you know, whether it's like entertainment, or whether it's achievement, or whether it's banana cakey cookies, or whatever it is, what Jesus says is like, hey, those things, those things exist and they're good, but they don't really contribute to your life. What really contributes to your life is your spiritual existence. Life is actually spiritual. I mean, the real life, the true life, the abundant life is really spiritual. Now, over the last nine weeks, that's kind of been our focus. Every message, life is spiritual. Think about these things that you do and how they connect you to Jesus. How they make you hungry. And that's my prayer for you as your pastor all the time. It's my prayer for me, and it's my prayer for you. That you will be hungry for Jesus. That you won't just come here on the weekend or just do stuff during the week. That you'll be desperately hungry for Jesus. Because I know, I know, that as good as banana cakey cookies are, they're nothing compared to the life of Jesus to the words that Jesus has for you, to the goodness that he wants to offer you. And so this morning, um, that's what I want to invite you on. It's just a journey to say, Lord, what are the parts of my life that I've seen as just acts or things that I've done or whatever, and where are the parts of my life where you've spoken life to me? And I want to celebrate those, and I want to hunger for those. And so this morning, I just want you to hunger for them and let that stew in you as we just talk about some of the places that we've been over the last nine weeks. Um, and in your program guide today, you're actually going to find, uh, I think it's a blue sheet, and it has a big yellow sticky on it, okay? Don't, don't like, do anything with the sticky just yet, but you're going to need the sticky a little bit later when we take communion, because I'm going to ask you to do a spiritual exercise as part of taking communion this morning, to celebrate, to get in touch with Jesus, life is spiritual, and I... This is what I need from you this morning. So this morning, we're just going to have to flip that blue sheet over, I believe on the back side, it'll actually have some places where we've been over the last titles and places that we've been over the last nine weeks, and we can actually 
you want to bring that up on the slides, you can bring that up as well. The, the titles of the sermons that we've visited over the last and subjects we've visited. And I just want to start at the bottom there, starting last week and work up through that list of the places that we've been. Last week, we talked about paying the tab. And uh, that sermon was really about God's generosity. What happens when God confronts us with generosity and the fact that God doesn't want something from us. God wants something for us. Generosity is like this cleansing agent for our soul so that the physical stuff in the world doesn't get so sticky for us. It doesn't keep us and inhibit us from enjoying all that God wants for us. And so when we act generously, it changes our soul. And so I know that some of you have started to process that giving challenge. I've talked to you about it and how good it is to revisit. Where am I in that place? And how do I, how do I visit that in a way that says, Jesus, I want to have this cheerful heart about it. I want generosity to do its good work in me. So I encourage you, like as you're going down through this list, as we're talking about that, if there's a note to take this morning, because there's no blanks to fill in, we usually have those. If there's a note to take this morning, it's where's circle maybe a title of a sermon where you're like, yeah, God spoke to me about that. Or write a word after it this morning that says, yeah, that generosity thing, I'm still stewing on that. I still need Jesus' guidance in there. Here's what I need for that. Or here's what I'm thankful for. So last week was about generosity. The week before was called extending your trip. And extending your trip was about the good things that happen when we see our life as missional, when we see all the things that God wants to do in the world and we join him. And Pastor John talked a little about how when we're leaning on God, we'll know when he moves, right? Like when you're leaning on something like this, when it moves, you move with it. And when you're not leaning on God, when you're leaning on something else, and God moves, you won't know it. And so it's important to lean into God, to lean into his mission, to lean into what's really important because that's how we follow him on his mission, what's that's it's important. And as some of you guys responded to that. It was awesome to see the response cards that week. And all the people said, okay, I want to be part of this. I want to be part of that. I want to give to this. I want to give to that. And this time of year, I love to watch Daybreakers and all of their generosity give to all the great opportunities, new hope, and through so many other agencies, bless the community to say, we love God, and we want you to know that God loves you. And then the week before that, you go back to 1026, we talked about hitting on all cylinders. And hitting on all cylinders was really about, how do I live the kind of abundant life that God really wants for me? How do I make the most of what God's given me? And this idea is that to be great in God's kingdom, to be great in our kingdom, right, the world, is, well, if I want to be great, I promote myself. I make myself great, I make myself look great, I achieve a lot. But to be great in God's kingdom, he says, is to be less, and is to actually make others great. It's to serve others so that others can be made great, so that they can feel God's greatness in them. That's what being great in God's kingdom is all about. So we talked about how important serving is, how important giving ourselves away and in our families and in our lives and in our, with our church, how serving is so important. The week before that, we talked about this whole idea of running on empty. And we had this great service, if you remember. If you were here, we talked about this idea of there's these times where you come in your life and you're like, I just feel like I don't have enough to go on. Like what the stuff, my soul just feels empty, a little barren. I don't know about you. I, there are days still in my life, right? Like there are some days I just get up and I'm like, I just feel a little empty this morning. I just need, I need something from you this morning. I need your sustenance this morning. And as part of that service, we prayed with people. Our prayer partners and elders gathered in the back. And it was, it was a beautiful service. Lots, I mean, a lot of people came back. And there was a line. In fact, 
one person in line said, I feel like this is a bit like a deli back here, like i got to take a number, because um, there were just so many people who responded that day to hear from God, to be prayed for. We anointed people. We prayed for healing, and, and people responded to me and already told me, like, I just want to let you know, God's begun that work in me. I've already started to, to heal, feel that healing of God in my life. So God, this morning, maybe you're going, like, I, I, need, I need God to fill me. I'm still in that place where God said, I, I, you've been running on empty, and I want to fill your tank. I want to be a part of that process. And, or maybe you even said, like, as part of that process, I want to be part of the people that help the care ministry and helping others find their way back to Jesus. Then we went back to 1012. Today we talked about roadies for the long haul and this idea of called out companions. And um, it, was, it, was a, it was a great message and the thing is that I heard a lot of you talk about that, that idea of called out companions. Because, you know, I don't know about you, but in my life what I found is in this area of called out companions is that I can be on the journey all I want. Like Sunday mornings has always been an important part of my life. Since I've come to Jesus, I've made that a priority because I've just sensed that being with others in worship and hearing what God's speaking about, that's just essential to my journey. But that was never enough. Before I was a pastor, I always sensed it's not enough. And I've been hungry. And you know, because the truth is, right, the gospel doesn't just work itself out in one hour on Sunday. Not really. The gospel works itself out Monday through Saturday in your real life, where you really live. That's where you really wrestle through important places. And it's in those places that you need called out companions. We talked about that day how going smaller, getting this idea of going to a smaller environment fulfills Jesus' promise to us that like where two or three are gathered, I'll be in their midst. When you go to those smaller environments, you you go to a deeper, more meaningful relationship with Jesus. That's what God invites you to. That's what God wants for you. And I have heard multiple people come to me since then and say, man, it's been good. I found some called-out companions. And I'm desperate for them. Or people just say, I, I want those people in my life. How do I get there? How do I find them? Where do I go? What smaller environments can I be a part of to find them? And I want to encourage you. There is, there's a lot of things you can do in your life to help you hunger for Jesus. But this idea of being a call, having called-out companions people who you regularly set aside time with to say, will you help me journey and be hungry for and find sustenance from Jesus and him alone? That will change your life. That will move you deeply at the base part of your soul like nothing else can. It will make everything in your else in your life seem meaningful. It will help you process places. You know, when part of my called out companions group, when we get together, I was just I've been working on an exercise because we've been reading a book together. It's called the Enneagram. And the Enneagram is a personality test that doesn't just test your personality. It helps you sense where your deepest sins are. Like things at the core depth, default sins in your life that you go back to all the time. After you like, and you know, I'm reading the book and it's talking about that. You're like, okay, I was excited about taking it until you said that. Now I'm kind of apprehensive. Like, okay, do I really want to find that out, right? And on my own, that would have been an exercise that I might not have even done. But with my called-out companions, I could go and show up and say, guys, this is what it says about me. I don't know what to do with it. Can you help me? Can you talk with me about that? Can we walk through this? Can you help me find my way through this? Because 
I don't want to be that way. And I think that part of this is true. And I, I think it needs to be transformed by Jesus. And in those moments, they come alongside of me and they say, Sean, part of that is, prob- is true for you. You're right. But we love you. And God loves you. And he's known that about you your whole life. So don't be afraid of it. Welcome him into it. We'll help you get through it. We'll help you figure it out. See, that's what called out companions do for you that you can't get in any other atmosphere. You need those people. Those are the guys and the women, the men in your life that you cry with, that you get excited with, that help you walk through and see truth. They help you give, give you perspective that you can't have on your own. I mean, let's face it. We see things all the time and want to see them the way we see them. You know, I'm right. It's somebody else's fault. I, isn't, that, you know, isn't that kind of our default? Like when something goes wrong, isn't it always someone else's fault first before we go, the finger points towards us and we go, hmm, maybe... Maybe I have a part in this. And our companions come alongside of us in a non-threatening way to say, let me help you on that journey. So you need a called-out companion. And God wants to give you that. He wants to help you be desperate for Jesus because of it and with it. So I encourage you, if you haven't found that one yet, and if that's, if that's been something that's been on your heart, and that's maybe part of your prayer this morning, part of what you want to bring to the cross this morning. God, help me to find that. Help me to value that. Or in that call out companion group I have, help me to be that for others. And then the week before that, we talked about the rhythm of the ride. How important it is to have spiritual disciplines in your life. Carmen was here that day and she talked to us about the idea of Sabbath and how important it is to have a rest period in your life. Not because you're resting up from your week, but you're resting up for your week. You're preparing yourself for the mission that God has you on, for, the, for the bringing the living Christ to others. And then to have that rhythm through your day so that it's not just like, oh, I always feel guilty because I do stuff in the morning, then I walk away from Jesus and I do my life, and then I'm like, what did I even think about this morning? As opposed to having a pattern of returning, like I, I do this with Jesus so that I can do life with Jesus. I can walk through my day with Jesus. Spiritual practices, one of the, my favorite quotes is that um, the story of a mentor and mentee and how the mentee came once and said, you know, I've been doing all these spiritual disciplines. I've been trying all this stuff in my life and I feel like it's not working. I don't know what to do with it. And, and uh, what do I do? Like, what's left? Like, I've, I've done these. What's left for me to really find that fulfillment in Jesus? And the mentor says to the mentee, you know, there's nothing you can do in your life to find Jesus the way you're looking for him. There's nothing you can do that no amount of spiritual disciplines, no amount of spiritual practices can do that. You can't do it any more than you can make the sun rise in the morning. And the mentee is like, well, then what the heck am I spending all this time doing these spiritual disciplines? Like, why in the world would I spend all my time on this? And the mentor looks at him and says, so that you're awake when the sun rises. See, you can't make the sun rise, but you can be awake when the sun rises, when things happen in your life. That's what it's about. Having that rhythm in your life makes you awake to what's Jesus doing around me in my life. And that my physical existence is not what my life is about. Life is spiritual. Life is spiritual. And my physical existence, it doesn't contribute to that life. Jesus does. My spiritual existence, his words to me, that's what contributes to my life. And the week before that, we talked about what's your story. This idea of having a 100-word story. And you guys have gotten to see a lot of the staffs. Like, we've recorded our 100-word stories. Like, the, it's the main theme in a short version in our life. 
And I remember talking to a couple people who said, you know, it's so good to write that out. Because I've known my story, but I've never been able to share my story. Like, I've never had a way to say, this is what I was like before I really got serious about God. And now that I'm, now that I'm really following Jesus, now that I've surrendered my life to him, now that like, I'm here in my spiritual journey, and I used to be here, here's what's happening. Here's what's happened in me. Here's the person I'm becoming. He said, a couple of you said, man, I even got to share that already. Like, God's given me the opportunity to share that already. It is it's probably one of the most incredible experiences. The only thing probably better in my life in terms of an experience than coming to Jesus has been when I've been able to share Jesus and see someone else come to him. Like, nothing else is quite as moving for me in my life as that. When I share my story, when I help someone else discover Jesus, the same way that the Jesus that I know and that loves them, that is an incredible moment. So having your story, knowing the people in your life that you want to pray for, that's a huge part of that. So I want to come back. I want us us to be able to come to the table this morning, the communion table, and prepare ourselves for it. So I just want to come back to that verse for a minute or two for you to think about that, this in the light that I think Jesus wants you to, what he's inviting you to this morning, what he's speaking to you about. This morning, um, you know, when we think about that, that scripture verse, that our life is spiritual, our physical existence doesn't contribute to that life, but that Jesus' words are alive. That little verse, it comes on the heels of a story. And some of you are probably familiar with that story. It's the story of Jesus feeding 5,000 people feeding this huge crowd, you know, the two fishes and the loaves, and, and, he, and he feeds this whole crowd, and it's pretty miraculous. And, and this story goes on, and they're, they're totally impressed. They listen to Jesus, and they're tuned in, and they love him. I mean, you know, then he gets in the, his disciples get in a boat, it gets late, he goes and prays, he goes out and meets the disciples in the lake, they get over to the other side, and the crowd, they follow him around. All these people, they follow him around to the other side of the lake. When they get to the other side of the lake, Jesus says to them, well, why are you here? Like, I see that you guys have come to follow me, but I think that you're here because you want another meal. Like, you don't want to actually, you're not hungry for Jesus. You're not hungry for me. You're not hungry for God. You're hungry for another meal, for something else that will fulfill you, for something else that will satisfy you. You like that feeling. See, your physical existence doesn't contribute to your life. Life is spiritual. Don't you see that? Don't you understand that? And so he starts to begin to refer to himself as this famous thing of, I am the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. And you can eat all kinds of other things, but they will never satisfy you because I am the bread of life. I came from the Father to give you this. And in this speech that he tells them, they say to him, Sir, give us this bread so that we might have it all the time. And Jesus tells them, I am the bread of life, and whoever comes to me will never become hungry. And whoever believes in me will never become thirsty. I have told you that you have seen me. However, you don't believe in me. But everyone whom the Father gives me will come to me. And I will never turn away anyone who comes to me. I haven't come from heaven to do what I want to do, but I've come to do what the one who sent me wants me to do. And the one who sent me doesn't want me to lose any that he gave me. He wants me to give them back to life on the last day. My Father wants all those who see the Son to believe in him and to have eternal life. And he wants me to bring them back on the last day. So this is Jesus' heart for you. That you might not be distracted with all the hungers and the thirsts 
that this world offers, that the things in your physical existence, but that you might really thirst and hunger for Him. That you might eat the words of life so that you might never hunger again. That you might thirst for forgiveness, for a new day, for the blessing of being free from guilt and shame. The, the event that happened on the cross when Jesus shed His blood was not a physical event so much as a spiritual event. That, that event was spiritual. It freed you spiritually to connect with God for the first time. And it frees you now to know Him and connect with Him. So here's what I'd like you to do as we're coming to communion. And we're taking the bread of life and we're going to drink from the cup that represents His blood and forgiveness. Before you come, I just want you to spend a little time. We've got two songs that are going to be played. And I want you to, that little sticky note that's on your program guide today, I want you to spend a little time with that sticky note. And I want you to think about, what's God been inviting me to? I mean, what's, what's impressing on my heart? What's a place in my life that I'm like, I wish this was different, and I think God's the only one who can change it? What's something that has spoken to you over the last nine weeks that you've been like, I need your help with this? Or I'm thankful, God, I'm so thankful that you've, allowed me to experience this. Because this morning when you come for communion, what I want you to do is come to the cross first with that sticky note. And I want you just to spend time, and you don't have to rush through any of this. There's going to be plenty of time this morning, but when you're ready, when you've processed it, bring that sticky note, just stick it on the cross as your way of saying, Jesus, my physical existence doesn't contribute at all to my life. But my spiritual existence contributes everything. And you alone have the words of life. You alone are the bread that will help me never hunger again and never thirst again. I long for you. My hunger is deep for you. So this morning, just sit with that a little while. Maybe it's a word. Maybe you just want to circle a sermon title and you write that because there was something meaningful in there. Maybe God has been speaking something totally different to you. Maybe he's been offering you forgiveness. Maybe there's a place in your life too that's just you know that there's some things in your life that, like for me, when I did my Enneagram, that it's just a sin. Like, God, I want to confess that. I've been selfish. I've been whatever. I've been doing this thing, and I, I just want to be free from that again this morning. So I come to your cross once again because you said that you'll do, you'll do everything you, come to, you can to welcome me here. I just want to be free from that again. But spend some time. It could be a word. It could be a phrase. It could be a prayer. Write on that sticky note. Then bring it to the cross this morning. And if this morning is your first time to take communion, you've never done it before, you've never made a commitment to Christ, really said, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. See, that's what the communion table is about. It's about your first time. It's about you saying, Jesus, as much as I know how in this moment, I trust you with my life. I'm going to give up my agenda, my way of doing things. And in this moment, I'm going to accept your way of doing and after you stick the sticky note to the cross, you can say a prayer. You can do whatever you need to do there. But the, the communion servers will be up here and they'll serve you communion. You can take those. Just take the elements back to your seat. And then we'll take communion together. So, And if you can, when you come up, I would encourage you to come up the center aisle as much as possible. Make your way back the side aisles. And uh, that way, we'll try to relieve some of the chaos up here. But there will be some, and that's okay. Spend some time this morning. Let Jesus do a new work offering that to you this morning. You know, one of the um, most wonderful recent 
spiritual disciplines in my own life has been uh, this, someone mentioned this to me a while ago, and so I started practicing it. I'd like to do it more often than I do, but I do it often enough that I can just celebrate that when it happens, it's really good, and that's it. Before I go to bed, I take about 15 minutes, and I just, I bought this little little journal. Actually, my, my wife did because she's really good at fine bargains, and so this was like the, the like $2 journal that was like a million dollars before at Kohl's, or whatever it was at Kohl's, and she I was like, thanks, this is awesome, this is just the right size. It's just a, just a little journal, kind of like my travel journal through life. And I just put pluses and minuses in it. Every, each day that I do it, I just put a plus or a minus. The plus is, Jesus, this is how I saw you today. Like, I witnessed you, like the, the living Christ in my life through this person or this event or, or this made me think of you today. I want to celebrate that. And the minuses are places where I'm like, whew, Boy, this threw me off the tracks today. This threw me a curveball. Something in my life was just wrong today, and I just want to confess that to you, Jesus. I just want to, I want to admit and accept that forgiveness once again. This has been a really good exercise for me, and I just want to share with you one of the days recently in October, um, not long after we preached one of the sermons, someone just came to me and they said, hey, I was... I was in this seminar the other day, and they were asking, like, what's it look like for someone to be changed, for someone to be really changed? And she said, you came to mind. And I just wanted to share that with you, that I've, I've seen what Jesus has done in your life, and I've just known you a long time. And it meant a lot, because they've known me a long time. And um, I sat, as I wrote the words of just that it was moving, that it was incredibly humbling, that in that moment I became incredibly thankful. That I have so far yet to go, so far from really being like Jesus, and yet so glad that the living Christ has peeked out through these cracks in my life and other people have seen it. It's my greatest goal, hunger to know Jesus that others might know him too. I know that that happens in your life too, and I encourage you, like as you celebrate moments like these, they are essential. They are essential to remember, to put down spiritual markers, to celebrate them. Because nothing can substitute for being in that place with Jesus. Nothing can substitute ever for that hungry hunger for Jesus, for when he transforms us for the sake of others, that others experience him too. So this morning, um, I guess my biggest challenge is after nine weeks of talking about this, just be intentional. Be intentional in your plan with Jesus. Don't be passive. Don't sit by and let it go by when Jesus is offering you so much. He says, just have a plan. We've talked about at Daybreak, there's a, we call it a journey plan. It's just one way. It's not the way. It's just one way for you to like revisit these places in your life, these threads that live for your life, and in your program guide today, you'll find a journey plan. Print it out for you, just a way for you to say, I want to revisit that. I want to be intentional, Jesus, about hungering for you. And not just walk through life and hope that it happens, but I want to collaborate with it happening. I don't want to chase you around the other side of the lake so that you can fulfill my physical longings. I want to chase you around the lake because I am longing for you. Because I would accept nothing less than Jesus himself in my life. The living Christ 
alive in me. He waits to meet you every day of your life. He wants to be there with you. And there will be seasons that that will be harder, and there will be seasons that that will be beautiful. There will be all kind of those seasons in your life. But make no mistake, he wants to be there through every one of them. And one of the incredible outcomes, I think, of this series, too, is we've tried to make being part of our local church family is accessible to you as well. Because we want you to be a member. We want you to join us. We said if you, you, know, if you listen to these messages over the weeks, you can come to this workshop. And yesterday we had one. And it's basically just it's four hours of revisiting this and being coached on it, saying I want an intentional plan. So whether you're a member or you want to be a member, it's just four hours of visiting your genogram and visiting your service and visiting where you're at with Jesus and then to sit and talk with someone for an hour and say, how do I do that well? With an elder, with ministry leaders, we want to help you on this journey. Now, I know that when I think about membership, um, I just got a renewal for one of my memberships, my AAA membership, um, which, you know, when you have cars, all your cars like have 100,000 more miles on them, you, you value your AAA membership, right? Because it, it gets you home some days. And so... Um, I got this membership in the mail. Now, membership in our culture really means if I pay you dues, if I pay you money, I get benefits, right? Like, if I gave to AAA, I said, well, sure, I'll give you my $75 or whatever it is for the year, and then, and, and that's just so I can carry the card. But when I call you, you say, I, yeah, there's not really anything we can do for you. That's going to be pretty disappointing, right? And so we often approach, when we hear this word like membership, and we think about it in the local church body, Immediately, we transfer this kind of paradigm. And yet, this is not what Jesus was ever speaking about when he said, join my family, be a part of my family. What he was talking about is partnering with his family. What he's talking about is, we call it participating membership. And participating membership means, I'm on a journey with Jesus. And I'm on, I am, by default, if I've come to Jesus... I'm his ambassador. I am now a missionary in the world, and I am now partnering with a local church family to say, I like the way you do that, and I want to be part of that. And I want to surrender myself, not just to Jesus, but to being part of a local family, which means working things out. You know, I don't know if you know this, but when you're part of a family, things aren't always go smooth, right? Like this is a reunion time of the year, right, where you get together for Christmas parties and stuff with your family, right? And your spouse is like, oh, man, i got to go be with your family, Gosh, can we make that shorter? It's rather than longer. And you're saying the same thing to her. And, and, and maybe you don't have families like that, but you know, I, I, when I, when I get invited to my big Andrews family reunion, I, I do. I say that. I say that about my own family. Like, oh gosh, like how long is this going to be, right? Like, so I enjoy being with them, but here's the thing it means working things out. It's not just easy to be with family, but I love them. They're a gift to me. And so I work things out. We talk about things. We forgive each other. We bless each other. We work things out. Why? Because we're a family. That's what Jesus invites you to. That's what participating membership is all about. Let's go on this mission together and be a family. So I invite you to it. There's a workshop this Saturday right here at Good Hope Road. If you've never been a part of a family, if you've never made that commitment to say, I'm going to surrender myself to that, I'm going to be in on that, I'm going to hunger for Jesus with you, I'm going to have a plan for Jesus with you, then... I encourage you, make time for it. It's worth it. It's worth it. And if, if you're already a member and you're like, hey, I, I like, I, I wouldn't mind coming out to that and just revisiting this plan and being coached, sign up for that. It will be good for you. It will be life-changing for you. 
And this morning, if you feel like, ah, I, I've been, maybe you've been a member a long time too, and you've been through 101, 201, 301, 401, Quest, whatever, the, whatever we called it back then, like 15 years ago, and you've, you've been through many of those places. And this morning, what I'm really inviting you to is get the journey plan out and just say, have I really revisited this stuff in a while? In my heart, not am I doing it? Where am I with Jesus with it? Not what's my physical actions in it, but life is spiritual. Am I meeting Jesus, the living Christ, in it? And how do I do that? And if you come out and get coached and you get done with that, if you get done with that class and that coaching and you feel like, I don't have enough, Pastor Sean, I need some more help, you tell me and I will make time just to meet with you and to help you on that journey. And this morning, um, I just want to let you know, like if there's, if you feel like you really want to do this, but this Saturday just, you can't this Saturday, but you really want to, I mean, you deeply desire it and you can't, then just write that on your response card this morning, want to but can't, journey class. And I'll figure something out to help you on that journey. Um, I want it to happen for you. I want you. I want to invite you to be part of a really great family, to be on mission with us in the world, to help others know Jesus and hunger for Him like we do. So I encourage you to take some time this morning. After I pray, the worship team is going to come. Just take some time. Look at that journey plan. Look at. Think about your life. Sign up for the workshop process. What is Jesus inviting you to? How am I going to respond? Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you this morning for revisiting important moments in our life. Thank you for helping us be a part of what you desire to do in the world. It's a privilege. It's an honor. We don't really deserve it. We really haven't earned it. I'm I'm certainly not good enough for it. But Jesus, I'm really glad that you've given me the opportunity to be a part of it, that you've made changes in my life. And I know that you want to do that, not just for me, but for everyone here. So Lord, I pray that you'd help us to visit this morning this question of, I want to beef up my journey. How can I do that? How can I respond this morning? And for those, I pray for every person here who is in the debate. Do I want to be part of this church family? I pray that you would speak to them clearly about your desire for about the importance of being on mission in a family, about what happens in our souls when we do. And I pray this in Jesus' precious name.